Are you looking to modernize your on-premises databases to Azure SQL? Join us to understand how you can size your Azure SQL target accordingly based on the current performance and business requirements, all in the new edition of Data Migration Assistant, this week on Data Exposed. Hi, I'm Anna Hoffman, and welcome to this episode of Data Exposed. Today, we're going to be talking about the latest additions to the Data Migration Assistant, and I brought on three really awesome speakers to help us work through this. So today, we have joined with us Alexandra from the Azure SQL Program Management Team, uh, Raymond from the Software Engineering Team, and Wenjing from the Data Scientist Team. So we have a great spread of folks, and we're going to be talking about DMA, and we have some demos some other exciting news. So to get right into it, I thought I'd kick off by asking you, Alexandra, what is DMA? DMA is our on-premises tool to assess SQL Server and determine the correct compatibility in Azure. It is able to identify migration blockers, um, partially supported feature, and of course, unsupported features. On top of that, the latest release of DMA has the ability to assess your on-prem platform and determine the right target in terms of performance in Azure. And that's something that we wrap under SKU recommendation. Awesome. So I think that's kind of a great lead in to ask, like, what is a SKU and what is a SKU recommendation and why is that important? Well, definitely. So lots of our customers have on-premises workloads and each and every workload has a different actually different characteristic. Um, some are very uh, memory consuming, others rely heavily on CPU or are sensitive to latency. So for in order for us to find the right size, platform, compute, and of course storage part in Azure, we would be able to assess your on-prem environment and find the right tier for you. Awesome, great. And now I understand that there's this SKU recommendation console application in the Data Migration Assistant or DMA. Can you tell me a little bit about that? And maybe Raymond has something he could show us? Well, definitely we have a demo prepared for you. So we improved a lot the SKU recommendation experience. Before, it was not very clear in terms of the algorithms behind the scenes or the reason behind the choice. And that's very important. When we are looking at a specific tier or we are recommending a storage size or a memory size, we need to be able to justify that skew. So in order to do this, we've rebuilt the algorithms to take into consideration and include the justification in the recommendation. And that's really important for the customers. And more than that, the latest release of DMA, which is 5.5, comes with an elastic approach. So if you are looking for the right target or the right skew, there's the right size actually for your skew, but would also want to be cost effective, we have a magic switch that's going to give you an elastic approach, which is a trade-off or a right balance between your performance KPIs and the cost that you're going to pay for that. But I'm going to hand it over to Raymond and actually show you the tool in action. Cool. Thanks, Alexandra. Thank you for introducing DMA. Uh, so I'll just do be, be doing a quick demo uh, on how to use the tool and how the tool works. So the first thing we'll do is we'll uh, download and install the Microsoft Data Migration Assistant. Uh, once that's done, you can open a command prompt and navigate to this directory here. 
Um, and so as mentioned previously, our tool is a, a console application. Um, so this is the name of it. Uh, and what's cool is that you can uh, provide the input to this tool either through command line arguments or uh, by having them uh, ready ahead of time in a configuration file. Uh, and that's what we're gonna be doing today. So I already have uh, some of the uh, details ready in a configuration file, so I will pass that in. And so the first step uh, of collecting data with uh, DMA uh, is, is exactly that. We need to collect data uh, on the on-premise SQL Server instance in order to be able to collect, uh, in order to be able to compute SKU recommendations. Um, so by collecting data, what we mean is we can collect uh, performance data as well as static configuration data. Uh, and when we compute the SKU recommendation, what the tool will do is look at all the collected data uh, over the entire period, aggregate it, and then choose a SKU that fits best for you. So let's start the, the data collection process. Uh, and what's cool is um, you can provide the connection details either as a connection string, or if you don't want to do that, we have a UI that you can uh, pass in your uh, credentials. So let's uh, enter our server name. You can use either Windows authentication or SQL Server authentication. So that's what we'll do. We will type in our password. Okay and the tool run. So for the sake of example, we've sped this up a little bit. Um, by default, uh, we do one iteration of data collection every 30 seconds, and then after 20 iterations, it will be aggregated and it will be saved uh, to your computer. Okay, uh, so, cool. And how long should someone like typically run this data collection process? Yeah, that's a great question. So again, the point of this data collection process is to be able to collect as much data as possible from your on-premise SQL Server instance. Um, and so what that means is you wanna have it run for uh, as long as possible really to, to be able to accurately capture your entire workload. Um, so we would recommend at the very least running this uh, for three days, but if you can, um, a week would be best, but you know, the more the better. Um, and another thing as well is um, you know, you don't want to run this just, you know, just during the day or just at night. Um, you definitely could, but what we would recommend is running it just all the time um, so that we can collect both on-peak and off-peak usage for your instance. Awesome. Cool. Cool. So this is what it looks like. Again, it just runs in the background as a console app. It's very lightweight. Uh, once we're done, we can just kill this. Um, and so what we'll do next is now that we've had the data collected, um, this data is, uh, you know, this is some sample data, so we won't use it. Uh, we have some data collected from earlier that we'll showcase for an actual SKU recommendation. Um, so again, you can pass in another configuration file. Um, in this case, what we can do uh, is once we've had the data collected, what's good is we can reuse the same data for multiple SKU recommendations. So our tool supports all of the Azure SQL offerings, and so that includes Azure SQL Database, um, Azure SQL Managed Instance, as well as SQL Server on uh, Azure Virtual Machine, or what we like to call a SQL VM. And so we support all three target platforms. Um, and so depending on uh, which platform you're interested in migrating to, you can specifically choose that one. Or if you're not sure, you can just omit that option entirely and we'll, uh, we'll identify what the best target platform is for you. So let's run a SKU recommendation. Um, for example, let's start with a SKU recommendation for uh, SQL, uh, SQL database. We'll pass in our file. And so this is going to aggregate our data um, as well as also uh, go through all of the, the offerings that uh, Azure offers and pick which one is best. So we have our output here. Um, and so you can scroll through it or uh, what's really convenient is we actually have this as a, 
we actually have this as a HTML report. So I can double click on this. And you'll see here that uh, we can collect, uh, we, we can see uh, SKU recommendations for each instance. So we can actually run SKU recommendation for multiple instances at a time. Just for the sake of simplicity, we only did one. Uh, but we'll expand our recommendations and we'll see what we have here. So we have uh, 10 different databases in our sample instance. And you'll see for each database, we identify what the best uh, platform and service tier is. Uh, so you'll see in, in, in this case, we have some uh, SQL database general purpose. Uh, some databases are a little bit more intensive, so we'll recommend business critical. Um, and so for each of these recommendations, we'll recommend what the best compute sizing is, as well as storage sizing. So we use the vCore-based purchasing model. So you'll see in this case, uh, some SKUs um, will recommend only two cores. Uh, but for some of the bigger databases like this one here, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll recommend six cores. Um, and if you want to see why we recommend this uh, particular SKU, which is the sort of the main purpose of us redesigning this tool, you can click here on the justifications and you can see a short description of uh, why we recommend this particular SKU. Um, so, for example, again, for some of the uh, more intensive databases like AdventureWorks 9, uh, we'll recommend a higher vCore count and obviously more storage to go alongside that as well. Um, so this is for a SQL database. Um, however, uh, you know, as you can see here, there are some databases that can't be uh, migrated to SQL database for, for a number of reasons. Uh, maybe they're not compatible or maybe they're too big. So another option here is we also, as I mentioned, support SQL managed instance. And so let's try that instead. We'll do another recommendation, but for SQL MI instead. Cool, and we have another recommendation. And I'll actually show you what I did here. So for this sample, um, this is what the configuration file looks like. Um, you can specify uh, a scaling factor. And so what this means is, um, for example, when you collected your data, um, if it wasn't you know, a really uh, heavy workload, but you anticipate in the future that you might want to size up a little bit, you can actually pass in a, a custom scaling factor. So for example, we can say 150% to scale up, or we can leave that 95 to scale down. Um, also, another thing you can do um, is you can actually pass in a list of databases that you want to include or exclude. Um, so when customers are on their migration journey, migrating to Azure, um, a lot of customers also take the time to, uh, for example, separate their instance into several instances, or maybe some databases they're not quite ready to migrate yet. Um, so what's cool is we can just exclude or include just certain databases to kind of simulate that scenario. So now that we've run the recommendation, let's go ahead and refresh our report. And we'll see now we have a recommendation for the entire instance. Um, so we have SQL Managed Instance General Purpose, a 32 vCore size for the entire instance uh, with about five terabytes of storage. And the last option that we'll cover real quick is uh, a SQL Server on Azure VM or SQL VM. So this is for more of a traditional lift and shift type of migration. So that's a, that's a term we like to use where uh, customers essentially just mirror their entire on-premise environment on Azure. And so let's run a quick recommendation there as well. And what's cool with the SQL VM recommendation is, again, um, our infrastructure as a service offering uh, allows customers to really go in and, and, and fine tune exactly what compute SKUs they want to use, what storage SKUs they want to use. Uh, and what we'll do is we'll recommend, um, you know, obviously something that's compatible, something that meets the customer's requirements, but also something that conforms to Microsoft's best practices. So we'll see here. Uh, for this instance, uh, we are recommending this 32-core uh, eFamily SKU, uh, as well as a bunch of uh, managed disks as well for data, log, and our uh, tempdb. Um, so this, you know, the way that we, we do this is, you know, we really want to choose 
uh, something that um, it will, you know, there's no, there's no sacrifice in performance, but obviously at the same time, you want to, uh, we want to be cost effective for the customer as well. So we'll pick something um, that, that meets the customer's needs, but is also the most cost effective. Awesome. Cool. This has been really useful. And I think it's been interesting to kind of see how it seems like you're probably taking in things like CPU, memory, maybe even some IO activity to kind of come up with these recommendations. Is that how that works? Yeah, exactly. So as part of the, the data collection process, we collect quite a lot of data from, from SQL Server's uh, uh, system views. Um, so actually what we'll do here is we'll pass it over to Wenjing. She'll briefly describe what type of data um, as well as you know how exactly the, the inner workings of the, of the models might work. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so as Raymond has already said that we collect metadata and performance data from our instances system we use, uh, which contains, for example, information like CPU utilization, memory utilization, storage, as well as the IO activity. So when you calculate a skill recommendation, we look at all of our Azure SQL skills that would satisfy all of your needs, and we return our most cost-effective option. We consider factors also like disk IOPS, IO latency, and IO throughput, which contributes like significantly to the performance of your SQL instances. So basically, basically this is uh, how like uh, describes how it works. Awesome, cool. Thanks, Wenjing. Now, you know, what if a customer is trying to you know figure out like how do I make these compromises between cost and performance? Yeah, so we definitely understand customers sometimes looking for a trade-off on prices uh, and the performances, and also they could exhibit different, different levels of willingness to negotiate on the provisioned resources. So we in this uh, under this consideration we have elastic strategy which provides such functionality that automatically uh, derives the negotiable usage for the customer so i think remand is going to show the demo that we could actually enable the elastic strategy recommendation for the customer Cool. Yep. So as Wenjing mentioned, we have a elastic strategy uh, toggle that you can flip on and off. Um, the baseline model that I showed previously for the first three recommendations for uh, DB, MI, and VM, um, what, it takes a very linear kind of rule-based approach. Um, and so if you know one particular SKU uh, might be falling behind a little bit in just one dimension, let's say just IO or just memory, um, then we'll rule it out entirely because you know we want to uh, we don't want to compromise. Um, however, with the elastic strategy for customers that maybe don't want to have you know a hundred percent you know the the highest end SKU, um, we can recommend something that might be a little bit more cost effective um, or might perform a little bit better, but might not cost a whole lot more. So let's run another one of those recommendations. Um, so in this case, we have a separate, uh, yet another config file. In this case, I have specified the Elastic Strategy. Um, this one will take uh, a little bit longer, um, but we'll see here in just a second what the recommendation looks like. So I'll refresh again, and we'll see that in this case, we have been recommended a general purpose 16 core uh, SQL MI. Um, in this case, we've, we've selected you know, a slightly different set of databases to, to include and exclude, so the numbers might look a little, a little bit different. But the point is here, you can use this as a second option, um, maybe if you're not too happy with, with the first option. Um, there are some cases where the, the, first, uh, the baseline model might not even be able to recommend a, a SKU for, for a number of reasons, and so the elastic strategy uh, is, a, is a good option uh, as well.
Okay, so this is more of kind of a model-driven approach. What if you're like, how, how do you advise customers kind of think about trading off between using the regular or using elastic or what's some of the trade-offs or what advice do you have for folks trying to figure out what to use? Uh, right, so uh, as Anna, you have said, elastic strategy is a model-driven recommendation that's integrated into the DMA tool. And uh, if if a customer would like to compare elastic strategy versus the like the first option so there are two differences uh, we should be aware of uh, like the first one is on the data aggregation side so for the first option we did a extreme like data uh, data con sorry uh, we did extreme like uh, uh, data uh, dimension reduction so for each performance counters we aggregated into one requirement that your uh, instances should uh, have uh, should your instances requirement should be so but for the elastic strategy we preserve the entire time series you collected uh, from the assessment phase so in that case we preserve more information uh, to the skill recommendation so that's why we actually call it elastic because it can it makes it makes the skill recommendation more flexible by accounting for the full distribution of each performance dimension and the second is uh, we also conduct the customer profiling in elastic strategy so it uh, automatically derives the user preferences in terms of uh, the price performance trade-off by leveraging the existing Azure customer who already migrated. So I think if customer would like to see such a trade-off or even would like to see uh, what other customer already on Azure has been performing, like uh, this would be something they would like to try. Got it. So if I was, so the elastic strategy is going to take in more data and it's also going to compare to existing customers, how they've profiled and how they've done their data. Um, so how does a customer, you know, choose to use that elastic strategy over the baseline and vice versa? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, Elastic Strategy, together with our first option, they also provides a like a ranking of all the relevant on-cloud SKUs that a customer could migrate their on-cloud workloads towards. So we we also have. I think we also have the Elastic Strategy also has customer profiler, which leverage the internal knowledge of existing Azure customer behavior. So if you uh, if you would like to like negotiate like on some of the usage, then uh, Elastic Strategy would be some of the uh, would be the choice that you would like to try. And uh, however, if you want to like. Uh, uh, find the on-cloud instances that uh, could satisfy all your like usage without any sacrifices, then the first option would say would like to be the optimal one. But uh, uh, for for all the sense, you could also you could try both options. So okay, thanks, Wenjing. And yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking now too. Like maybe the recommendation is to try both and then kind of see where you're willing to give on performance or price or kind of finding that happy medium that's right for you. So thanks so much to all of you. This has been really useful. I've learned a lot. I've also learned a, a lot more about how flexible this new offering that y'all have been working on has been. Um, so I think the latest version of DMA is, Alexander, is at 5.5? 5 .5? 5.5. 5 
Yes, that's right. It's a 5.5. So go check it out. Go download it. Check it out. Play with this stuff and let us know what you think. But, you know, once you've kind of assessed your estate or assessed some of your databases and instances and you figure out where you want to move to, um, how, how can you actually migrate? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, the data migration assistant itself can actually perform uh, a few different types of migrations. Um, but Microsoft has a wide variety of tools and services to uh, walk customers through the migration journey from start to finish. So of course, DMA is one of those tools. Um, we also have the Azure Data Migration Service, which is a, a fully managed service um, that can perform uh, migrations to many different tar uh, target types. Uh, and we also have Azure Migrate. Um, that, that can allow you to uh, perform these migrations at scale. So you have plenty of different options. Um, and DM, uh, actually, so we've only showed off SKU recommendation in DMA today, uh, but keep an eye out for this exact uh, functionality in those other services uh, in the future as well. Oh, cool. That's exciting. I like that sneak peek into the future, Raymond. And it's always nice to know that like we invest in one tool and then we you know selectively choose what should be kind of replicated to our other tools. So it's cool that there are at least plans to bring this functionality to our other tools. Uh, folks, thanks so much for joining me today. This was a really exciting episode. I learned a lot. I loved how we got to dive into like actually how these models or recommendations are being uh, created and determined and how you can create them yourself at scale, it seems like. Uh, so for our viewers, if you like this episode, Give it a like, go download the latest version of DMA. We'll put a link to it in the description. Uh, leave us a comment and let us know what you think. And we hope to see you next time on Data Exposed.